sharing with you a segment of one of our episodes of the Leadership Speaker Series. The Leadership Speaker Series is a bi-monthly virtual event featuring alumni from across the landscape of Sigma Pi. This event is led by CEO Jonathan Frost, who provides a strategic update on the fraternity, followed by an interview with the featured guest. An update on the Sigma Pi Educational Foundation is also provided at the end of each event. This episode, featuring Nelson Ferris, took place on April 12th of 2021. I hope you enjoyed this segment of the Leadership Speaker Series. I'm Jonathan Frost. I am the Executive Director, CEO of Sigma Pi Fraternity. Uh, before I begin introducing Nelson, I am going to read his, his bio that we have here for everybody. Nelson is Nike's longest tenured employee and estimates that he has held 20 different jobs during his almost 45 plus year career, traveled to more than 50 countries on six continents. In 1973, he accepted a position as the company's Southern California Promotions, Direct Sales and Retail Manager. His career highlights include launching numerous international offices and promotional sports marketing programs overseeing the 1984 Los Angeles Summer Olympic Games marketing efforts and managing the Econ training program. More recently, Nelson has been a fixture in Nike's corporate education program, focusing on keeping Nike's rich culture, history, and heritage alive and vibrant with a new generation of employees. Prior to his start with Nike, he served in the Marine Corps Reserve during the Vietnam War from 1965 to 1971 as a sergeant. He's a strong advocate of Nike's Meat Cancer Organization and the OHSU Night Cancer Institute after losing his wife of 44 years to cancer in 2009. He also serves on the board of directors for Long Beach State University Athletics. He served as Sigma Pi Educational Foundation and is a Special Olympics of, and on the Special Olympics of Oregon volunteer. And while attending California State University Long Beach, he joined Sigma Pi and was a member of the Blue Key Honor Society. I've had the opportunity to know Nelson personally since 2003 when I was sent to the Evansville Airport. We, I saw him sitting there, we got in the car and we started driving from Evansville, Indiana to Vincennes. And what a wonderful car ride that was, uh, showing Nelson the cornfields and, and the heartland of America. And I'm looking forward to to sharing in some conversation with Nelson. So Nelson, if you don't mind, would you just want to kind of introduce yourself first and, and just tell us a little bit about, first off, a little bit about Sigma Pi fraternity and what it means to you. Sure. Yeah. Thank you, Jonathan. And uh, thank those of you who've dialed in. I, I appreciate you uh, taking time out of your normal life to sit in today. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a Southern California kid born and raised in Long Beach, California. And uh, literally was one mile from my junior high school, high school and college, walked all three of them. And, uh, you know, grew up in a community that was full of uh, guys, mostly men that came out of the Second World War and the Korean War. And it was the GI Bill that funded housing. So this was this giant complex of homes that were built and uh, we were a part of that. 
Um, I was a, a good athlete in, in high school, I played all sports, but I was a, mostly a runner and I've been a runner ever since. And not a good one, but one that would like to get out there and, and you know, tee it up pretty good. And, and because of that running uh, background is how I got a, attracted to Nike. Um, how did I get hired? Well, um, my friend was a head track coach at Long Beach State and uh, uh, he came back from the Olympic trials in uh, Eugene, Oregon and brought back a pair of shoes. He said, look at these and he holds up a pair of Nike. He says, we should sell them. And that was our business plan. But before the business plan was, where did I get any clues about doing that? It came from the fraternity. I moved out of my home when I was 19 and I never went back. I came from a kind of a fractured home life. And so I moved out and I uh, had two friends that were in Sig Pi and I, I went through the pledge, I mean, through, through the recruiting uh, situation, visited other fraternities and I, go, and I met the guys in Sigma Pi and I go, you know, these are my kind of guys. They're sort of more blue collar and, but they were a bunch of rat packers in a, in a kind way. They were fun, they were collaborative. Um, we interacted really well, and so I joined SIGPI, and I moved out of my house, like I said, and I was in an apartment for a while, and as soon as I joined the fraternity, I moved into the fraternity house, and luckily, and back in those days, our fraternity house was across the street from the Pacific Ocean, so we had this luxurious environment, and living in the house and getting to know young men similar to me who'd come from all these different cities was a whole new experience. So the differences, guys from different economic levels, educational levels, uh, ideas, beliefs, motivations, uh, everything was just different. And what I realized is it created opportunity. And the opportunity, I, not until later do I understood this, was to, to learn how to work with people, to get stuff done. So the, the I was in school for a long time. The five years I was in the active at Long Beach, uh, you know, Sig Pi won everything. We won intramural football. We won the homecoming. We won the spring sing because we learned how to get together. And that learning and that shoot from the hip, let's go do it. How do you do it? I don't know. We'll figure it out. Uh, I went to work for Nike and it was the same thing as uh, you know, what do, what do you want me to do? And the instructions were very truly, the instructions were, well, go get sales because I had experience because I was selling their shoes, right? And, I, and that was it. I said, what else? The, my boss looks at me and he says, don't screw up. <laughs> that was it. So that statement is just rife with information. It's about trust. It's about respect. They hired me and they expected me to go figure it out. It was about collaborating with the people who were down there. It was about working on common goals. It's the same stuff. Any great organization has the same dynamics, same chemistry, but I owe it to SIGPI. I, I was a young kid, undisciplined, sort of selfish in a way because I was looking out for myself. And it taught me how to uh, trust other people to let them help me. I didn't have to do everything by myself. And once you get that trust mentality and collaborativeness, you can do anything. You can do anything. People aren't stupid. Fraternity was full of smart guys. Company I went to work for full of smart people. But you got to trust people and you got to make sure they trust themselves. People can do anything if they believe. And all that came out of that 
fraternity experience. I mean, I love the fraternity. It saved my life. If I hadn't gone and moved into that house, um, I don't know if I'd be on this video <laughs> right now because I was just, I didn't have direction. I didn't have a sense of purpose. And that came out of that thing. And, and I had to learn the hard way. I made some mistakes and got burned and got brought before the senior council and got yelled at a couple of times, but it was all a part of the process of growing up. And, uh, and to that, for that reason, um, I'm, I'm delighted to be able to volunteer my time and to do what I can to help the fraternity evolve so that we'll be here another 125 years. And I think it, they, they, they have an important, they play an important role in the, in the collegiate life and the young men's life, young people's lives. And I think it's something that should be a part of what we should do forever. Nelson, kind of, kind of talking about with your from a the career projection side, um, you, you've been with Nike since the early days. Um, around you, you joined when they were around a million dollar cap size. Now it's forty billion, and there's been a lot of other competitors that have tried to jump into the sports marketing space, and um, you've seen them come, you've seen them go. What are some things that has allowed Nike to continue to not only uh, remain, but succeed in the marketplace? You have to have purpose. And, uh, and our beginnings were so simple. We could define who we were with one sentence. And that was to inspire athletes through the, the products and services we deliver. That's it. And that came from the two founders, which was uh, Bill Barman, who was the track coach at University of Oregon for 25 years, and Phil Knight was one of his athletes. But Barman, Barman was really a teacher, and he was a great, he taught kids things I talked to me, taught them how to, you know, get into yourself to learn how to be the best you can be. And from that, Barman would play that out by being the best coach he could be, the best teacher he could be, which included making better product for athletes. And now that came a self-taught man who taught himself how to make athletic shoes. So that attitude coupled with Phil Knight, who was a not a top, top three runner at University of Oregon, maybe top five on a good day, but he was a business guy. And the two of them came in the, together and it was with that principle, what are we gonna do? What was the business plan? What was the purpose? The purpose was Barman knew we could make better footwear to serve athletes that would be better cushioned, better fit, and we would service them better because we would keep our promises and do everything we said we could do. So this attitude, and it was one sentence. It's not a book. It's not a big paper. And if you get, if you have a purpose and you can articulate it so that it's very clear, that's number one. If you attract people who know what you stand for and they hear those words and they want to be a part of that, that's the second piece. That's why when we hire people, we, you know, the important thing is why do you want to work for Nike? What, why? Because we're big and cool? Yeah, what else you got? You know, we want, we want people that want to make great stuff for athletes. We want people who understand what it means when we say the word serve. All of us serve. We're here to serve other people. It's a servant mentality. What can I do to help you? Then after I do it, what else can I do? So you have, you have a reason and a purpose. You have people that want to be a part of that. And then the third one, if you're lucky, is get people that like each other. Because <laughs> then you can work together. 
And if you can have an environment where you can work together, what happens? You can get in a room and you can sit across the room with your boss or with anybody and debate and argue and disagree with anything and not be intimidated, not being worried about, oh, I don't want to say anything because I don't want to see him like I'm stupid. Oh, I'm not the boss. I, my idea is not very good. We got all that crap out of the way. Get people's ego to flatten your ego and stay focused on the reason for your existence and have those three pieces fit. Like, like they said in the beginning, it's tough to lose because people will compete and they'll compete to win. In order to win, you have to collaborate. You got to do your best. You got to get people that want to be there, people that are excited about things. And, and so it's, it are, all of our fundamental rules came from sport. You know, we, uh, there's a whole sports business is we're really a sports company because we make product for, you know, 50 different sports, men and women around the world. But sport is one of the great things that everybody here in the room knows it is what pulls people together. Look how frustrated people were when they could not go watch the NFL play or your basketball team or the women's volleyball team. They just, you got frustrated because you couldn't get in you couldn't have that experience of watching really good people do what they do best. And it's exciting when you see extraordinary performances by athletes because sport brings us together. Sport does not separate us, except if you're on the other team, then you got to put up with that. But, <laughs> but it's, the, it's that fact that the, the, the big picture of sport is a galvanizer. So we're in the business that moves people, and this is global, by the way, you can go anywhere in the world, any culture, and you talk about sport, it's maybe, maybe music and sport, and now COVID are three things they all know and can talk about. Think about that. So I can go anywhere in the world, which I did, and I could have a conversation with anybody and not know anything about them or their culture, but I could talk about their key guy, their best player, their all pro their best footballer, soccer player. And we could have a conversation because of it. The other thing that, that, that comes out of the power of sport is what we've seen over the last, especially the last 18 months about the whole, whole concept of you know, diversity and inclusion and making people feel apart. Sport levels the diversity playing field. Sport says, I don't care what color your skin is, what you speak, are you any good? get in here. And so what do you see? Teams drafting athletes now from all over the world, which is sort of the last decade newer phenomena because they know they want greatness and it comes in different packages. So those are the things that um, my uh, experience with my company and believe it or not with Sig Pi, you know, we, we were we were moving down that path towards becoming a, a DNI, DNI operation. We're way ahead of our time back in the 60s, but we've been moving down that path and becoming, we're evolving and changing what you should. But what does the fraternity do? It offers the same thing. It offers opportunity. Opportunity to join, meet new guys, new ideas, new everything, and learn from it. And then uh, hopefully when you get out, you'll be involved with Sig Pi because it won't be, as one guy told me, he said, yeah, I love my days in the fraternity, but you know, that, that was just screwing around and drinking beer time. He says, I got nothing to do with it now. Missing the point of what was learned and what, um, what excitement took place in that formative time in your life. 
Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Owl Talk Podcast. To learn more about the Leadership Speaker Series, just visit sigmapi.org slash LSS. For everyone listening, make sure to hit subscribe and please leave a rating and review on your favorite podcast platform. And as always, I believe.